So we're coming back to uh, recording after a couple-week break that we took for various vacation kind of things, and Virtuoso was kind of an awful episode to get back into Voyager with. I was a little excited, and then I saw the intro. Yeah, Virtuoso is is a pretty terrible episode (laughs) of of Voyager and a pretty terrible episode of television on, on pretty much all accounts, and... I think what is most aggravating about Virtuoso is that I think it thinks it's good. Yeah, and I think it also has the potential to be good in a way. As far as a cheesy Star Trek moral, this is fine. It's just this is a very poorly executed version of this story. Yeah, because I guess what it really comes down to for me is it's it's repeating a lot of the same beats that we've seen over and over again. How many times have we seen an episode where we think that the Janeway is a is a holophobe and the doctor calls her out on it and then it gets resolved? It just it really speaks to this show's institutional amnesia more than anything else. That yeah, and this is something that that I've been grappling with coming back to to Voyager, of course, because like Richard said, we haven't recorded in, in a couple three weeks and. I hadn't watched any Star Trek. I I was off doing various things, which I may talk about um, uh, uh, during the course of this conversation because one of them is kind of interesting or two of them is kind of interesting Mm -hmm. or exciting. But I I feel like, you know, I kind of felt like I was missing something. You know, I hadn't watched Voyager in probably, what, three weeks, a month, something like that. And I honestly had a hard time remembering like I kind of felt like we had had an episode that dealt with this very, very recently. We and did. I don't know if it was Fairhaven. I don't know if it was another episode, but it just feels like Voyager is designed to be the type of television show that you watch while you're doing laundry or something. And yeah, it's not like I mean, this is a sitcom thing where they learn a lesson or they have the vice in the one episode kind of a thing, and. They can keep going back to it, you know, the high school cheerleader can learn to be nice every few episodes, and then in six episodes later, she's a bitch because the plot needs it. I mean, we don't care about that on a sitcom. It feels rough on a science fiction show that had a degree of pedigree to its franchise, but here we go. And yeah, and I think that for, I mean, we've said this before about Voyager, it's, you know, the production of it is executed very well, the acting is very well done, the music is very well done, there is a baseline level of competency to the production of Star Trek Voyager that that does elevate it, you know, we are not talking about, um, I don't know, like, Korean dramas or something that, mm-hmm. that look like they were filmed on someone's camcorder, but... I I, but- I just think that this is such an awful episode that... It's amazing to me that that I mean this is kind of like I don't know if I would well, call it a fan favorite but people seem to like this episode but I think that that people seem to like this episode more because they like the doctor yeah and I, I don't well like the the aliens at the beginning of the episode are some of the worst fucking aliens that they've had we are in the sick be- like they they they're, they're talking these very exaggerated accents like it's everything that you imagine a cheesy shitty sci-fi show to be and here it is incarnated on Star Trek like well sure but i but i also think that i mean to 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 i guess i'll defend that a little bit i mean i think the joke there was that they thought the doctor was stupid which is why they were talking like that um 
so so I, I don't necessarily think that that's a problem, but I just I do think that there is one of the things that I think is so weird about Star Trek Voyager in general is there is a sort of like sly condescension to the very concept of aliens in this show. And, and we see that in Virtuoso because all of the crew thinks that they're just kind of weird and off-putting. And and there's this brief moment in um, in Memorial where they're in Astrometrics and Janeway and Chakotay and <laughs> Seven are going through the logs of the Delta Flyer's two-week excursion looking for dilithium crystals. And they're like, oh, yeah, we, found, we, we encountered this ship and this was a traitor. And Janeway says something like, very photogenic. And you're like... Are you making fun of the way an alien looks because he's an alien? I, I just I don't yeah. know what the show is doing sometimes anymore. No, no, it, 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 she he's a weird looking alien, and she comments on the fact that you, you never heard Picard do that because he would recognize that every every alien species has its own standard of beauty, and that maybe to his people he's an incredibly attractive person. Yeah, they're, they're, like that. That's where Star Trek would go with that. And it's a weird joke that I guess it doesn't feel like it's against the tone of the series entirely, but it's a – the show does not have as many red flags, but it does have a ton of yellow flags, and that's another yellow flag on the Bun Voyager. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would agree with that. I mean, I think that, that you know, we are getting to, to the end of Voyager, of course. I mean, we have a, a season and a half to go, just about, and um, I, I'm ready for it to be over, frankly. Uh I'm excited to get to Enterprise for for whatever reason. Same, yeah. But I do think that you know we will obviously talk about um, the the show as a whole when we get to sort of the end of the series. But I don't know. I just keep coming back to the fact that Virtuoso is. We've seen this before. There's nothing new here whatsoever. Um, is it is it um, is it amusing sometimes? Sure, I guess. I mean, was I bored watching it? No, it was entertaining enough, but there's just no substance to any of this. It, it doesn't go anywhere. It's not making any new points. Every single like argument or scene that the Doctor and Janeway have in this episode feel like we've seen it over and over again. I just keep coming back to this idea of institutional amnesia where they're, they're, they have these character vignettes and they don't allow them to grow. They don't allow them to change. They don't allow them to remember that they've had almost the exact same conversation in a previous episode because, I don't know, I guess they had a mandate from UPN to make this an episodic series. And the way that they made this an episodic, yeah. episodic series was to make it uh, uh, every single episode this sort of like atomized, you know, encased in amber sort of experience. And And I find it just aggravating well yeah the scene when he tries to resign his commission uh again that's played as another iteration of janeway doesn't really believe in hollow rights but it's one which very easily could have referred to the events which happened in other words i think there's a version of that show where janeway is not arguing from a hollows have lesser rights are lesser people than us but the doctor thinks she is. I mean, when she says, you're an important part of the ship, and he's saying, yeah, you think I'm a part, you think I'm a machine, I think that's an, I think that could be played as misinterpretation. She means part of the ship in the sense of part of the family, but 
She doesn't right. really have the track record to for the doctor to believe otherwise. Um, when he says you would let Harry Kim go off and she says, yeah, but you're the doctor, that needed to be played as, yes, you're the chief medical officer and Tom Paris, who hates the job and is nowhere near where you are, is the next best thing we have. You're really difficult just to replace in terms of your role here. It's uh, Harry Kim is Harry fucking Kim. We can get Naomi to fill his spot. Um, it, it, well, yeah, you know, it, it, it's her. It, it, she needed to counter with saying, maybe Harry Kim. But if Tuvok tried to resign, if Chakotay tried to resign, if Balana tried to resign, that's a much different story. And I don't know. Yeah, that, but I, I mean. I think you could make an argument that that the doctor is is uniquely irreplaceable, right? Because and the sh- and this is right. You're this is a you're you're exactly right. This is a perfect example of the show not actually saying what these people would say if they were real people, right? Like there, Tom Paris is not going to be able to replace the fucking chief medical officer of a starship. He's just not. He's a he's like basically a, a first aid medic, and that's fine. That's that's a valuable role to fill. But he's not going to be able to like diagnose conditions very easily. He's not going to be able to perform surgery. I mean, there's yeah. so many aspects to the doctor as chief medical officer that that are frankly irreplaceable. Not even similarly to I think how like if Tuvok wanted to resign or Bellana wanted to resign or a lot of other. Other senior officers on the ship wanted to resign. I'm sure there's someone else in engineering that could take the place of Bellana. Yeah. Now, are they as brilliant as Bellana? Are they as great engineers as Bellana? No, probably not. But they've got fucking Ensign Carey, right? Or Lieutenant Carey back. I mean, yeah. remember the like the second or third episode of the show, which was all about how Bellana and, and Lieutenant Carey were competing for, for chief engineer? Like, he's there. He's still there. Yeah, so but still. that's fine. We could just elevate him. But there's no one. There is no one that's going to be able to replace the doctor. And... Janeway doesn't say that, which is bizarre. I know, and I also think from the doctor's point of view, the example that would be a lot closer to home is when Kess was thinking about, in that episode, Darkling going off with that traveler guy, she was able to consider it fully, and she almost did, and you were willing to let her go. Why won't you let me go? I mean, that that is a much more apt example of something that happened, and I think... Janeway does need to argue that this particular case is different because I think she does have the insight to see what's going to happen at the end of the episode, which is that there is going to be a better version of him, but that we on Voyager love the version that you are. I mean, that that that's... Janeway needs to be at that point by now with the Doctor. She... I can buy that she hasn't thought to express it by now because, again, Janeway not quite expressing her feelings for the for her crew was an early theme. Um, I think but, – but again, this just makes it as another example of the doctor doesn't have rights and Janeway realizes he should have rights. But, you know, it, again, it is different by the fact that we all know that the doctor staying on this planet is the wrong thing. There is right, right. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, aside from the fact that these aliens are are just sort of like weird and off-putting and 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 superior, as the show keeps telling us. Yeah, that is right. Like this is a mistake. He is being, um, you know, he is being attracted by by momentary fame. He's a fad in a way. But I but I want to go back to this idea of of the the doctor as as a person for a minute because. I I think this this conversation is has sort of like crystallized something for me, which is that. I don't know that the doctor wants to be in Starfleet, 
right? Like he's a he's a hologram. He is a a a, a very complex hologram that is that is self aware and and sapient and all of these things, right? And he is a person, and he is really uh, uh, grown and changed and and become his own uh, individual, yeah. but. At the same time, he's never really had to make a like everyone else on the ship, aside from the the Maquis, um, haven't made a they've they've all made a choice to be there. They've all made a choice to go to Starfleet Academy and to become Starfleet officers. And the Doctor has not made any choice for himself. And I think that that would have been a better tack for the episode to take for Janeway to mm. say, "Look, I understand this. You know, you are five years old, essentially six years old." And you have never made a choice about your own future. You know, you 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 were programmed to, to be a doctor and a Starfleet officer. And you know, if eventually you want to resign your commission and go off and do something else, I, I will support that. Yeah. But you know, do you really want to leave your crew members in the lurch right now without a doctor? Yeah. We have a long journey ahead of us. People are going to get injured, and if you do this, people are going to die. Maybe that would have been guilty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, but I think that would have been a much you know, and here I go, you know, my, my least favorite thing to do, fixing the episode. But I think that this episode needs to be fixed. Like, the whole thing about the die, like, it's played for a laugh. And, and yeah. I, 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 I don't know. It's just, it, it, there's, so, there's so much other stuff that this episode could do. Yeah. And it just doesn't do any of it. I mean, I, I, it, this is making me think that when when they finally get home at the end of the series, like... The doctor, number one, is going to have a – the doctor is going on a tour of all of the planets giving a exhaustive presentation on on his adventures. I mean he is going to be – that is what he is going to do because he's going to fucking love the attention. He's going to have – he loves telling stories. He is going to show his slides to – People in the Alpha Quadrant who have never seen these images before and will be fascinated by them. When he's yeah. when he's bored with that, there's going to be some disease that he's going to put all of it, that he and Bashir are going to hook up and start researching together, and the two of them will cure the quickening. Um, they will, uh, you know, that's what he's going to do. I mean, he maybe he will stay in Starfleet for the opportunities that it can afford him because he will certainly be take advantage of having starfleet laboratories but yeah i don't know if he would want to be a ship's doctor in his next phase yeah i mean maybe he would maybe he wouldn't right but i think yeah. that that's really the the, the but case the point I mean, is, is the point is back on once he gets to earth he'll have the opportunity to decide this right now he was just thrust into the, this position yeah, yeah. Because I think what it really comes down to for me is that, that that so many times in Star Trek Voyager, no one talks about the unique situation they're in. You know, this is a show that is essentially, you know, the the, the next the next generation of the next generation, and that's fine. I, I liked the next generation. I, I I like that sort of episodic storytelling. And if yeah. Voyager wants to be that show, well, well, great. But I don't think that they're doing a very good job of it most of the time. And this is a perfect example of that where. They are in a unique situation, and the show is just avoiding that and is like, oh, we're just another ship flying around the Alpha Quadrant on a mission of exploration. It's yeah. like, you're not, though. Yeah, there you know, aren't. You, you, can't, you can't make the same decisions in the same way that you would if you were a week or two out from the nearest star base. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The, the episodes don't seem to have much of a... Again, we talked a lot of time where, okay, well, they made this decision at the end of the episode, and in the Alpha Quadrant, 
you know, a, a, um, a mega protocol is a perfect example. In the Alpha Quadrant, they would have just called somebody else and a specialist team would handle it. But because we don't have Starfleet resources, we have to figure out this unique situation on our own. Um, and there's been less of a focus on that. They, they have just been making regular decisions, which is fine in its way. But I, but I think it really speaks to the, the, the Brian and Braga era of this show, where yeah. I think, you know, Michael Piller and, and Jerry Taylor seasons of the show, while I don't think the Jerry Taylor seasons really were very cohesive or held together very well, I think that individual moments were, were okay. Uh, but, but on the whole, they did remember this, at least. And I think that, you know, I like season five quite a bit. And I think that Brian and Braga was, was trying to do something a little bit interesting with the show in season five, which has almost totally gone out the window in season six. Who knows why? But this has really become... And an action comedy show that is not examining its own premise or examining its own setting at all. And am I okay with that? I mean, I guess, but but not if they're going to give us stuff like Virtuoso. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's not a great episodic series, and it's not a leap forward for the franchise, and it's not even hitting necessarily the quality that we wanted it to so i guess why are we why does the show exist at this point other than its own inertia in a way that's a good question i don't know that we can answer that right now yeah. but maybe yeah, we can yeah, get to on, that at a later date on an existential artistic level i don't have an answer for that i'm not Again, I didn't like this particular episode. I liked Memorial a bit more, and we'll talk that. And I don't have a bad time watching this. It's not, frankly, it's not, we haven't hit the depths of the worst of the original series or next gen yet, but. Yeah, because that was incompetently made a lot of the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, again. made. Well, I mean, this might be an offensive analogy, and I, I apologize if it is, but I, I think that for, for me, like, watching star trek voyager is is akin to being in a sort of like dysfunctional relationship where mm. you keep wanting it to be different and sometimes it is like sometimes you have really good days sometimes um you know they give you a really nice gift or they surprise you and you know yeah. cook you a really nice dinner or they're really nice whatever it is it's right it's not I mean, like, necessarily that they're abusive but sometimes they drink a little too much and they just become dicky and you know? Yeah, and like you know, and then most of the time it's withholding, and most of the time it's yeah. emotionally like sort of like a- a- empty. And I think that's really what Star Trek Voyager is. You know, I think that's why. I mean, I think to an episode like Blink of an Eye, mm. which we both really liked and which was very good and which was incredibly episodic, but it had a point of view, it had an interest, it had something to say. Um, I don't know what this is saying. I mean, it just seems to be very paint by numbers. And I mean, a perfect example, right, is like Seven of Nine's little arc in this episode where she's upset that the doctor is leaving and then she writes him a fan letter and you're like, all right, cool. Uh, I really liked her the way she played. I like Jerry Ryan in those scenes very much. I actually thought she was very strong in those two scenes, and I really liked those. Maybe on the t- you know the text of what happens is cheesy, but I thought they sold. I thought she sold it. I would agree with that. I mean, I, I think that that adding Jerry Ryan to the show was a great idea, and she's a very strong actor, and she 
she elevates the material. You know, I think that maybe that's part of the problem. I mean, maybe like Star Trek Voyager's cast is pretty good, but a lot of the times I don't feel like they're elevating the material. And maybe they can't. I don't know. Um, But yeah, like there's not really much to say about that little subplot, though. I mean, yeah, she likes the doctor. She's friends with the doctor. She doesn't understand this, but then she gets... She she understands and then she writes him this fan letter and you're like all right cool like I get it they're nice to each other but that's it really you know I think the show could do with remembering that there are more than three characters on the show you know I, I and I mean we'll talk I think Memorial is this a little bit more but I really do like how they are starting to put a lot of threads of sentimentality in Seven of Nine I mean partially because she's hanging out with the child for a lot of the time but she is. You know, she figured out a very seven of way nine way to tell the doctor that she loves and appreciates him, and and I don't know. I thought it was kind of cute. It, no, it, I agree. It, I think it's a nice moment. I just wish that the show had more yeah, of those moments. That that's what the this and next this and memorial. I think they have the same problem in that they have very misplaced priorities. We want to see the doctor lip-syncing opera, the show thinks, but we really just want to see the characters reacting to them and real, you know, realizing that somebody that they care about and like having around, even if they don't want to admit it in the case of Bellana in Paris, um, is, is turning really mean. Oh my god, Eric, the, the virtuoso is a meta for how we are feeling about Voyager. Whoa. <laughs> It's getting really well be. it's getting really arrogant. It's not really doing its job well. It thinks it's above its job and what it's doing is annoying everybody and alienating everybody who loves it. And we haven't really so gotten we, we haven't gotten to the point where things are so bad that we'll leave. But the, and they do you know we still have reminders of the good stuff, but it's on the rocks. So wait, Star Trek Voyager is Donald Trump's America? Pretty much, which means, which one is Donald Trump? Oh, Tom Paris, obviously. (laughs) Oh. All right, well, I think that's all we can say about Virtuoso. But before we move on to Memorial, just want to take a quick opportunity to remind all of you that this podcast, Truck About, is supported by you listening to this right now. If you would like to help us out and give us a little bit of your hard-earned money each and every month, please go to patreon.com slash truckaboutshow and give now. So Memorial is certainly an episode of television that I watched. Um, I guessed the twist from the title of the episode, so... And I'm sure that everybody who saw this who has seen an original series episode before would guess the twist, like... It was fairly obvious that that was was going on, and I wish the episode had worked with that because I thought the last five minutes of it were very interesting. It just took us 40 minutes of stalling to get there. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty, that's pretty much exactly what it is. It's 40 minutes of stalling and five minutes of interesting stuff. And 
I don't know why they decided to collapse all the interesting stuff down to five minutes. I mean, I think that they probably could have gotten to that point at about the halfway point of the episode at the earliest, and it would have been great because you would have had a lot of nice scenes about debating yeah. the ramifications of fixing this thing and whether or not you should do it and what, what memorials mean and, and, and how should we remember things. And, and instead, instead, we just get a bunch of scenes of them shooting people, and you're like, I don't care about any of this. Yeah, we in no way believe that this actually happened. Because number one, even Harry Kim is a Starfleet officer who has the training to keep his shit together, let alone, you know, Chakotay. Um, we don't know what's going on here. We don't know why. and But we know that is some kind of illusion. And again, given the title Memorial, which the show flashes on screen, so this isn't even a case where, well, the average viewer wouldn't have known that. I mean, we've seen the – this is the dark mirror version of the inner light, and we've all seen the inner light, and we can pretty much figure out what's going on, the exact nature. Well, it's a memorial on the Fritz, maybe a little – you know, maybe we don't understand exactly, but we figure that it's something along those lines. Um, and this show has – this show has a lot of interest with – the ramifications and the arc of history. Blink of an Eye was about that. Even uh, was it 1999, the Millennium one? 1159. Uh, 1159. Yeah. Um, episodes like uh, Living Witness. Voyager is really interested in history. Interested in how we are going to be viewed in the future. How people are going. How history is going to judge our actions and. I wonder if that's... Were they worried about how people were going to judge Star Trek <laughs> in the future? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm wondering why it does have this theme because, I mean, Deep Space Nine, while it certainly touches on that, is not interested in that even though it's a series which is dealing with the war and the weight of history. Um Boy. Well, I mean, yeah, and let's—I mean, let's take that even a step further. I mean, they—they they have sort of, uh, you know, transformed Tom Paris into uh, like some sort of like greaser, and and yeah. he is, uh, you know, like just just obsessed with with sort of like the mid twentieth century for for reasons that remain mysterious. You know, there there's actually characters like that that are just like. They want to live in the past. I mean, we see Tom Paris's quarters in this episode, and he has like 20th century furniture. He has a 20th century television. Yeah. He like wants to eat pizza. You know, I mean, it's just like we don't know. We never see people eating pizza on Star Trek. I, I thought that was hilarious. Like, yeah, when she offered that, I was just like, they have that. I guess they would. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't they? But yeah. no one ever eats it. It's just, uh, yeah, I mean, well, let me ask a very fundamental question before we get too far down that road, because I want to take this back a little bit, because yeah. I am very confused about a key plot point in this episode, and and I don't know if you're going to be able to clarify this for me, but uh, why, why does everybody else that wasn't on the Delta Flyer, why are they also having these flashbacks? Yeah, I don't know. The implication is that like, because it's not as if the ship itself. I. It's implied that that was one of the first stops that they visited, right? So let's say even the Delta Flyer and Voyager are on a parallel course for a little while, but then they get so. Um, Voyager somehow gets, let's say, the edge of the beam, and so maybe that's why it's delayed and everybody else but Tom and I don't know. You're right. This is making no sense at all. If they had been right. If they had been in orbit around, or even if, again, they needed to make a point of, 
Well, it passed through, and for technobabble reasons, it took weeks to kick in, and it just, you know, maybe Tom and everybody was closer, so it kicked in earlier, but eventually it got, yeah, that was poorly explained. Because wouldn't it actually, I mean, it kind of, I think, would have been a stronger episode if if only those four had been having these flashbacks, because that would have given them more of an impetus to figure it out, I think, because... I don't know. There's just something about it which is like weird. Like it's this. It, 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 they're trying to elevate the stakes of the episode by by having uh, yeah. you know, many more people in the crew affected by these memories. But but it doesn't make any sense. And, and it's the kind of thing where I think that could actually add some interesting weight to the debate because. All right, well, Janeway is the captain and has to make the ultimate decision, but she actually hasn't had the experiences and. You know, maybe that's – I mean maybe that's a better way of – again, fixing the episode. But in the version of the episode that's about the debate, maybe Janeway decides, you know, I have to go in and touch the memorial myself and get the memories myself. And then you know, she has her experience and she says, yes, I've directly gone through it and now I understand like because of – I now have the authority to say, yes, everybody should visit this. Right. I I just I don't I don't get it. Like it just seems like the outline of this episode was not done well or something. I I don't know. It just it seems very churlish. I'm not a TV writer, but it seems like there could have been a better way to make this episode more resonant with what it was trying to say. Yeah, and I almost want to say like th- if with everybody getting this, the entire bit about them being on a away mission is padding. Again, this is a this is an episode that feels very padded. It feels the the most part of it feels like this is something up till the last five minutes. This is an episode that could have easily been done on the original series. This is the type of story yeah. that the original series told a lot of times. Maybe it wouldn't have been quite so dark as this, but maybe it would have. And certainly, again, you know, Kirk and Spock begin to get Kirk, Spock, and McCoy get versions of participating in a war what happened oh here's the twist and kirk makes the unequivocal decision at the end in the end um well i i mean i even thought that that the 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 obelisk or the monolith or the memorial at the end of the episode looked a lot like the one in the parody syndrome from the third season mm. of the original series and and you know that was an episode that was all about this this thing erasing kirk's memories and him living as a sort of like analog of native americans and I don't know if that callback was intentional or not. I mean, I didn't go back and look at a picture of it to see exactly how it looks, but I I kind of got that impression from it a little bit. Hmm. And it is, I mean, you're right. Like, we have talked a lot about how Voyager kind of feels a lot more like the original series than, than the other two Star Trek series that we have covered. And, or three, I guess, if you count Discovery, even though we stopped. But I think that it is... You know, it doesn't exactly know what made the original series work. And Mm. this doesn't work very well because we are not interested in this. We don't know what's happening, but the mystery isn't interesting, right? Like it's presenting us with a mystery that doesn't make any sense because we know that these people wouldn't do this. And so what is the actual point of the episode? I I don't know. Yeah, the... uh Again, the point of the episode should have been, is it right to study the dark parts of history? And again, maybe a simple message, but it's the kind of thing which gets talked about all the time. We have literal Holocaust deniers right now, so it's – 
I, I, I think that's an important question of it. If Voyager is a show that's concerned with history, that is a question that it comes naturally to ask about history. And its answer is well, fine, but again, I, 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 I guess – again, I guess I'm interested in the debate. The show is interested in showing the creepy war scenes. Yeah, because – the question that that raises in my mind is why is Voyager interested in the history yeah. of it? Why is Voyager interested? Is it just because with, with is it just because this is the year 2000 and kind of everybody was thinking in very historical terms at the time? I don't I mean I, I don't remember 1999 that well but <laughs> i mean we were young people but... being i don't remember be people like really i mean people were looking forward not backwards yeah right i mean they were very excited about the 21st century so yeah i, I yeah. don't think no no i guess so, yeah we were thinking more about the possibilities rather than how old people look at our lives now it was more about gee it's gonna be a great century man 2001 is gonna be an amazing year and everything past there is just gonna be up and up <laughs> But that is, yeah, well, that certainly turned out to be true. <laughs> but I think that, that that is that is fair, though. I mean, I think that that, that is something that has tracked throughout the, the series, throughout the, the showrunners that it has had so far. I mean, even to something like, we, you didn't mention the episode Remember back from, I think, the third season, the one where Bellana uh, is affected by the telepathic aliens telling oh, yeah. the history of the, the, the sort of persecution of... A, a minority in their own society and that was another example of this sort of thing i mean i think if you look at star trek voyager you will find a lot of examples of that type of episode this is a show that is interested in in not even history i i, I think in historicity and the study of history in in how um how we remember things, why we remember them the way we remember them, how we memorialize things, you know, why this is so important to the show. I honestly don't know. I mean, this um, I is think a, that's something that we could probably tease out, but I think it's these are th- interesting to note. I think these are themes that do become very prominent in, in maybe a decade or so later, but though, because Again, with the internet and the rise of, you know, blogging and all of that sharing and stuff, um, I mean, I think there was a – there is a focus on we must tell our stories so that way this suffering is not erased and uh, this is how we create a record of what exactly happened. And I I, I see this in a moment which is presaging that as well – that again, we we must we 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 need to talk about what happened in order to prevent it from happening to others, and that the idea of his of history as a protective force. Um, well, yeah, I I mean I agree with all of that, but I also think that the the missing piece there is is the context of it, and this episode in particular seems to be arguing for a a sort of like contextless view of history i i don't how do you mean you know janeway mentions that the fields of gettysburg janeway mentions kittimer for example mm. now of course kittimer is not real gettysburg is real but if you go to get i mean i've been to gettysburg i, yeah. I don't remember it very well because i was young but it, you know if if you go to gettysburg they, they provide you context right there is a there's a museum there there's a, there's a historical well uh, there's an attempt to give a context to what you are witnessing and 
I, I, I mean, I don't think this gives us any context. You know, the, 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 it gives us the, the mem- you know, this, this memorial is giving you the memories of actually committing these atrocities, but what is it actually telling you about why or how or when it happened? It's not telling you any of that. Well, and- to be fair, it is broken when they get to it. I mean, the, there is the, maybe they could have made this clearer in the episode, but I almost imagine that when the thing is in working condition, number one, maybe this is 300 years after the event. Maybe the, uh, maybe there aren't, but maybe at one time there was a guide to the thing. Maybe when you touch the memorial, when it's fully powered, there is an introduction. What you are about to witness is the worst battle, and you will be presented at with several viewpoint characters in that battle, and this is inten- – like maybe most people who go to this know what they're getting into. And, again, the fact that the batteries are dead implies, and maybe this is part of the episode where it falls flat, that people have moved on from this memorial. It's not like anybody's taking care of it anymore. I mean, yes and no. I, I, I think, once again, it's sort of an ex post hoc, you know, it's an, it's an ex post hoc, like, justification for the episode. And, I mean, I get the impulse, but at the same time, what is being presented to us is without context. And... I don't I don't think that there's any real evidence in the episode. And again, this is probably why the last five minutes of the episode should have been the last 25 minutes of yeah. the episode, because there could have been a discussion about, oh, maybe this thing isn't working properly. And maybe this is, you know, traumatizing precisely because we're not getting yeah. the full effect of it and we're not getting the like the little lady at the beginning who's telling us about the colony and why it was destroyed. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, if you know I, you're I about know. to get into if you know you're about to have this memory, you can prep for it, but it just happening in the middle of the, your day is 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 frightening with and yeah. Yeah. But but I mean, I mean getting I mean getting away from the 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 text of the episode. I think that I don't know that I mean this episode seems to be saying that that witnessing the atrocities is important and is it I I don't know like you know we could argue whether or not the actual memorial in the episode was supposed to provide context or not but the episode itself seems to argue that context isn't important that that we are just supposed to witness these things and that is what the important part of memorializing something is and 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 not doing it again and i don't agree with that yeah i mean number one uh this is a particular situation that most people don't find themselves in i mean don't panic or everybody in the colony is gonna die is a particularly uh specific moral to learn from this view of history but um i do think there is because it is very easy to just see, well, 89 people died in the colony that day and say, oh, how sad, and move on. But they clearly want people to feel this loss and to know how bad it is. I mean, frankly, it's very easy to know that, you know, the Native American people have been d- – d- peoples have been treated awfully by our country, but – Jesus, wouldn't people feel a lot more strongly about it if you had to spend an hour on the Trail of Tears? I don't know. I don't know. I I I, I honestly have no way to know that. Yeah. I mean, the I know. I don't think so. I honestly don't think so. I mean, 
there is a reason why people go to the actual place that things have happened. I mean, there's yeah. a reason why you can visit, you know, Nazi concentration camps yeah, to yeah, this yeah. day, of course. Um, there's a reason why there are memorials all over the place, but I don't, I don't know if actually witnessing it is, is important or not. Yeah. And, if you can go to Auschwitz, but I mean, I, I, I have to say the thought of a VR recreation. You can go to Auschwitz, but they don't hire yeah. actors to like, that's too awful to even to be finish the thought. Yeah. So that the tourists can watch them die. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what you would get out of that. And I think that there's a sort of like, there's a sort of like torture tourism yeah. here, which I don't know that would really necessarily work or be interesting to anyone. No, I guess and, when we're putting it in though, like when I'm thinking on the episode itself, I get it, you know, but when we're talking in these terms again, and you know, Yes, the Holocaust is an easy thing to talk about, the worst thing that happened, but it is still it, – it, it's something that this technology would be used on. And again, it seems almost too horrible to contemplate that because just even seeing the building is enough, you know? Well, right, and I think that, that, that this goes back to the, the – I mean one of the really nice scenes in the episode is, is the scene between Neelix and, and, and Seven where they're yeah. talking about guilt and, and how Neelix is – you know, because there's no indication given that Seven – is experiencing these memories for whatever reason. You know, maybe her Borg implants are stopping it from from happening or whatever. Um, and frankly, but, she's but Neelix, she's had memories that are not her own as part of being in the Borg, so maybe she's just simply able to roll with it much easier. Yeah, that's true too. But I think that, you know, Neelix is in the mess hall and he's obviously having a very difficult time with this and and he's asking Seven for, for help and advice. And, you know, these are two characters that, that don't interact with each other a lot. And, and this scene... It makes me wish that they they did interact more because yeah. there you know this is going back to Neelix as a very different type of character as a character that is deeply damaged and a character that doesn't really know um, how to deal with his his PTSD and his grief and all these sorts of things and they have a really mm. nice conversation about guilt and the importance of guilt and and why guilt is a powerful emotion and why it is uh, uh, you know per- perhaps a good emotion because it stops you from doing the thing that you had done in the past. And I think that's all. I think that's right. I think that's a really nice uh, insight for the episode to have. But at the same time, I don't know. What does it mean to feel guilt for something that you didn't do? And I think that's the the missing piece of the episode. That yeah, is be- it enough to make someone artificially feel guilt? I don't know. Because when we're talking about the Trail of Tears example, while that is something that you and I personally had nothing to do with, we still bear the institutional and the national guilt of that. We have still benefited from a society which did that and and all of those sure. kind of networks of history stuff. And so I think guilt is useful in this context for us because, okay, we – again, we have the the responsibility to mold our society in a way that that happens. We have to recognize when – uh, things are happening in our world today that are analogs of that, things like that. And maybe it's that kind of responsibility that you know the episode needs to focus on because, again, they don't have any they, – they literally have no guilt for this war. This was in, – in, in, at the time this war happened, the Alpha – not only was no one born, nobody in the Alpha Quadrant maybe even knew the Delta Quadrant existed. <laughs> they certainly yeah. hadn't mapped it. You know, they, 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 they don't bear anything. There's no way one could have affected the other. But at the same time, as Starfleet people, they all do feel the responsibility to right injustices and to 
try not to have such things happen on their own ship. And so it's a reminder on that way, I would say. Well, I think we'll wrap this episode up, but the, the last thing I want to mention very briefly is uh, I really do like the the set uh, design of the, the memorial very much. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know how exactly they did it, but but it looks very impressive. And I, I just wanted to call that out because, uh, you know, I, I like it a lot. I think it's a really effective uh, scene and a really effective uh, piece of set design. Well, again, we've never had a problem with the props department. No, that's very true. We haven't. All right, well, that'll do it for this episode. If you have any thoughts on either of the episodes of Star Trek Voyager we just talked about, Virtuoso or Memorial, please leave a comment on the post for this episode of the podcast at trackaboutshow.com. As I said earlier, you can go to patreon.com slash trackaboutshow and give us some financial support. Each and every dollar we receive is very much appreciated and gets plowed back into the podcast to make it uh, better and good and all of those sorts of things. So once again, patreon.com slash truckaboutshow is where you go for that. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we are in all those places. Truckaboutshow is our username. And as always, please leave us a Apple podcast review for this podcast. It is the best way for new fans to find the show. Okay. Next week is a very important week in Star Trek Voyager history. Is it? We're talking about, well, probably not, but I think you might be alarmed at who's guest starring next week. Oh, is this uh, the Rock episode? It may be. It may not be. We'll find <laughs> out. We're going to be talking about Sunkatsi and Collective. <laughs> 